0: Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Happy Wednesday to you. And may I just say, happy everyone Wednesday to you. Everyone who calls in the Bottom Line Show today at 800-227-5278 is going to win something. Now, I do have one copy of something very special to give away. As a matter of fact, uh, Talbot and Bioli University president or president, professor, maybe he will be president at some point, uh, Sean McDowell, Dr. Sean McDowell is going to join me this hour to talk about his uh, his new book called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. Uh, we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. And not only will Sean be joining me on the program here uh, that you'll hear on terrestrial radio and our podcast, but he'll also be joining me on Zoom. Our Zoom Pro account is all up and running, and Sean McDowell and Roger Marsh will be having this conversation at myhopenow.com. So we'll encourage you to uh, check that out as well. But uh, Sean's going to be uh, our guest today here this hour and we'll have one copy of his book to give away at 800-227-5278 and uh, Todd is answering the phones today Teresa's out on an assignment and Joel has Wednesdays off to approve his golf game and so Todd Stickler our operations manager chief engineer chief cook and bottle washer will be answering the phones so when you call um, be nice to Todd Todd has a 25 something year history with kbright our flagship affiliate here and if it were not for todd we would not be on the air we would not stay on the air i mean i realize for god obviously but uh, todd man of many talents one of the greatest humble servant leaders you'd ever want to meet and has been with the bottom line show since day one of everybody else who's still in the building todd and i are the only two survivors of september 19th 2011 (laughs) and um well don crawford jr to a certain extent um But nonetheless, uh, we'll be celebrating that in about three weeks. So thanks, Todd. Great to have you on the boards today and picking all the really cool uh, bumper music. I want to kick off this hour with a story since we're going to be talking about uh, values and justice and things that are of great importance to Generation Z and millennials. I want to start off the hour with a story that's a follow up to something that's been uh, (coughs) our South County listeners, South Orange County listeners, have been uh, paying attention to for quite some time. Because it's nice to see when the public eye is drafting toward things that are much deeper than what's on the surface, and we're talking about morals and values and things of that nature. And I, 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 you know, it's really not fair to be honest with you. I think it's not fair for us as Christians to hold the world to our standards. I know that sounds like we're giving the world a pass, but hear me out on this. Before you were a Christian, before God got a hold of your heart with the good news of the gospel you probably did the best you could. I know I did. And growing up in America, we have a comfortable existence. We have a very pleasant existence. You can have a pretty quote-unquote good life here in the U.S. without actually having to utter the words, Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. But what makes that goodness the standard? It's interesting to me, and I have a lot more compassion in my older years than I did when I was younger, to watch people outside the church twist themselves into knots over what is good and right and moral and decent. You know, Paul writes in Philippians chapter four, whatever is true and right and good and holy and noble, set your mind on these things. And that was just a brief smattering of the list. We also talk about how the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, let's see, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control against such things. There is no law. In other words, this is the fruit of the Spirit that God places in your heart. This is what will grow out of your life as a result of the Holy Spirit's intervention in your life. But the world has a hard time with those biblical values because they don't want to be good if somebody else is treating them poorly. And yet Jesus said, look, you know, bless those who curse you. What benefit of, of it is it a, to you if you only, you know, hang out with people who like you and only talk to people who agree with you. I mean, yesterday on the program, we were talking about the school principal in Florida, who's also the senior pastor of the church. It's a Christian school who is getting kudos from a lot of people for taking a stand against uh, LGBTQ activism in his school. But at the same time, I think it's kind of a baby in bathwater situation where he's seeing any gay students getting kicked out of school. I'm like, wait a minute. If that student is at that school and they're learning about the Bible and biblical values and they might perhaps be kind of curious as to what God thinks of homosexuality, what better place to teach them than a Christian school that's attached to a church, right? And I think sometimes we in the body of Christ forget Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say, go into all the world and push away all the sinners. I mean, remember the example of Jesus. Jesus walked the earth fully God and fully man, at a time when mankind did not have access to the throne of grace we hadn't written you know was hebrews 4 let us now approach the throne of grace with confidence that wasn't in the bible yet that wasn't even in the world lexicon and jesus basically lived that out but how did he do it don't forget the fact that jesus as fully god as well as fully man walked the earth for 33 years and basically said okay you know that fully god part where sinful human beings can't come into my presence where they're all going to be cursed remember moses who was a godly man, and God said, I'm going to pass by here, but you get yourself in the cleft because if I walk by, my glory will overcome you. Going up on Mount Sinai, coming down with the Ten Commandments and having to veil his face because the Shekinah glory would literally kill people. I mean, God had to put into place for those 33 years that Jesus walked the earth, had to put into place some way that we could dwell with him. Otherwise, people would have gone, oh, look at baby Jesus. And then that's (laughs) it wasn't going to work. So we in the body of Christ are living out biblical values of truth and justice and loyalty and faithfulness and this, that, and the other thing. I expect to see that from my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't expect to see it from high school students in a public high school. But apparently there has been a mural uh, near North Beach in San Clemente that was painted by a group of young people uh, that literally is titled Character Counts. It shows four young uh, folks. It looks like an African-American boy, uh, maybe a Latina, uh, girl, uh, blonde haired, blue eyed dude, and, um, uh, another woman. And they're, she appears to be maybe Asian or whatever. And they're carrying surfboards and the surfboards have the boy, first boy's surfboard says trustworthiness. The second one says respect. Third one says responsibility. Fourth one says fairness. And then there's caring. And then there's understanding or gentleness. I can't quite read it, but it just literally says character counts. It's been on the wall of a uh, uh, of the, the North Beach uh, Pavilion area there for quite some time. It's on a concession building that sits on the sand. And the artwork was first painted back in 2000. It was coordinated by the San Clemente Sunrise Rotary Club in conjunction with San Clemente High School's Interact Club, which is a youth rotary. But then in 2017, uh, the building was abandoned. And since it was abandoned, then no one was maintaining it. And so the salt water and the air and everything started eating away at the uh, painting, and it basically was whitewashed. (laughs) It was in desperate need of repair. Uh, So according to the youth chair of San Clemente Sunrise Rotary Club, a girl called Sally Guan, uh, there was a huge outcry, and they basically got the plans to resurrect the mural back in 2019, and then COVID happened. And so now uh, Estella Oliveres, who's a student at San Clemente High School, submitted a proposed drawing and was selected to not only have her drawing uh, done, repainted on there, but to be the lead project there as well. I, 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 this is wonderful to see. And I applaud the students in the Youth Rotary Club and uh, San Clemente High School, the city of San Clemente. Thank you for putting this up there because character does count. Trustworthiness, that's a biblical value. Respect for yourself, for God, for others, that is a biblical value. Responsibility, that is a biblical value. Fairness these everything they're putting up there is a biblical value. When we see this happening in the culture, I, I believe that this is the type of thing that we should applaud and so I want to bring it to your attention. But I also understand too that I know what's happening in the culture and when you see this type of thing to, to praise it, recognize it, as do you, because we're Christians. And when young people are saying, well this these are good things and these are good values to have then that gives us the perfect opportunity to begin a conversation with them. You might have grandkids right now who are in middle school, high school, college age, who have some very definite opinions about things that are extremely important to them, but they might not fully understand what kind of foundation they're actually building on. Do they have a biblical foundation upon which they can stand? Well, on the other side of this break, I've asked Sean McDowell, Dr. Sean McDowell, to join me here on The Bottom Line Show uh, to talk about his new book that deals with this very issue. Sean has been a youth educator for many years. He's been studying and researching what it is about Generation Z, that generation of young people ages t- 10 to 25, what they're looking for, and especially in a culture that glamorizes sex and drugs and rock and roll to the detriment of the people who are actually participating. Uh, Sean has written a book called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. We have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. As I mentioned before, it is Everyone Wins Day, so we've got one copy to give away, and we'll do that on the other side of this break. But if you call in and you don't win the book, you're still going to win something. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Did you ever think you would see the day when being a rebel meant that you would actually choose truth? that you would look for love, that you would actually seek real justice, not just whatever the world is telling you is justice in uh, against the backdrop of the life that we're living. Well, such is the day that we're living in today, And today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to take a look at a brand new resource called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. We've got a link for this brand new book up at thebottomlineshow.com. The book is written by Dr. Sean McDowell, Associate Professor of Apologetics at Talbot School of Theology and Biola University. Um, He's a graduate summa cum laude from Talbot and had a double master's in philosophy and theology. And then just for more punishment, he went back and earned a PhD in apologetics <laughs> and worldview studies from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Sean McDowell, welcome to the Bottom Line Show today.
1: Roger, honored to be with you, my friend. How
0: do you do this? And I mean this most sincerely. The world has gotten so strange, and it's more and more difficult to let alone engage people outside of a biblical worldview, let alone even try to persuade them. And yet you are, you've been knee-deep in this
1: for a long time. How, how do you do it? Well, I guess it's a couple things. Number one, I've got a great example with my father, yes. who has never shied away from the most controversial topics of That's his true. day. That's true. And engaged him like a lion, but always with love and kindness. So I guess mm-hmm. it's in my DNA. It's been in my upbringing. Uh, you know, the second thing is it's easy to get discouraged when you just look at our world today. But I remember something Os Guinness said to me one time. He's one of the greatest thinkers today. And I said, when I was interviewing him, what's your legacy going to be? And he goes, Sean, legacy is a secular idea. He says, all that matters to me is at the end that God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? What audience am I playing for? I'm playing for the kingdom and kids are wrestling with these big issues. So we got to talk about it. Mm hmm. Let's
0: talk about the challenges though of being a Christian in 2022 because and it's this is not a, obviously you're working with grad students you uh, still teach a class in high school you know for kids in terms of uh, a worldview and a, a adopting a biblical worldview, even people in the church can't really under you know <laughs> agree on what a biblical worldview looks like. But you talk about this in the book of Rebels' Manifesto that the, there are five challenges that are facing Christians right now. And I'm not going to have you go chapter and verse through all of them, but let's address some of these in terms of you know standing up for what's right, being good, you know, loving your neighbor, those types of things. Talk about those challenges.
1: Yeah, I start off with a study that was from 1958 where uh, some principals said the biggest challenges they had was like kids talking in class chewing gum, <laughs> right, not right. turning in their homework. Now, of course, it's not that simple. There were serious societal issues back then, but in the minds of many people, now we've got issues like so many young people are really worried about climate change. There's school shootings. There's the LGBTQ conversation. Kids are trying to figure this out. Race, of course, the past couple of years since the death of George Floyd in particular has really bubbled up again. There's just these pressing issues. But what's different today is social media now brings it to uh, us just immediately, yeah. nonstop throughout the day. And it can feel overwhelming to a lot of this generation, especially those who are Christians. They don't even know how to approach these issues Christianly. And Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. This generation is getting such an onslaught from cultural ideas that unless we're intentional with them, they're not going to be able to be transformed through a biblical worldview. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the social media
0: aspect, John McDowell, and I appreciate you doing so because I was thinking back to the, just a couple of weeks ago uh, on the Bottom Line Show, we talked about it was the 48th anniversary of Richard Nixon's resignation. And I remember exactly, that was one of those, you know, where were you moments. We Our family was on vacation in Lake Tahoe, and we kind of my parents found a really great deal on a hotel. And that's because it was an old casino that was half of it had been destroyed and the other half was ah. being rebuilt. So we got the screaming deal because the rooms were all weird goofy. So I remember that. But I remember watching on television, Nixon saying, I'm going to resign at noon tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And that was was on TV. People watched it. It was in the newspaper. People read it. And my brother and I were in elementary school at the time. We still knew who all the Democratic candidates were in the 1976 primaries and stuff like that. Now, all these kids have opinions based on all the memes and things that they're seeing on social media. But I don't think they really fully understand how the political mechanism works. And there's there's, there's such a, a... confluence of all of these different ideas kind of hitting kids all at once and smartphones really have i mean uh, whoever came up with the name smartphone is either an evil mastermind or a brilliant genius because i don't think it (laughs) really is yeah well you get right (laughs) down to it but can you talk about the culture has shifted and that's something for a guy in my 60s like me i've had a hard time adjusting to the fact that my kids are in their 30s i have grandchildren now who are just going into kindergarten and we're all three living in three different
1: worlds so, there's a few things that really characterize Gen Z. One is anxiety, depression, loneliness, mental health issues are really at an all time high. And since 2012, the last decade, there's been a hockey stick increase, and COVID certainly hasn't helped. Right. That's one characteristic of this generation for sure. Uh, another characteristic is they just, their first truly digitally native generation they, in some ways, the way I put it is I I am a Gen Xer. So I naturally communicate offline. I've had to learn how to communicate online. Many for this generation, their default is to communicate online and they have to learn how to communicate offline because they've been swiping (laughs) smartphones from before many of them could talk. So the question is how does this influence and shape the way they see the world? Well, one way is when it comes to truth I think when there's endless options that are out there, it makes a generation wonder, can I ever really know truth with confidence? Because there's always somebody smart with a different perspective. Right. The other thing is truth has the idea that there's an external world I conform myself to. But technology kind of communicates. I can have what I want, where I want it, when I want it, how right. I want it, with whomever I want it. I can tailor the world to myself. So that's why we hear live your truth to each his own. I'm not down on social media. It's wonderful, but it shapes the way we think about truth, shapes the way we think about identity. And of course, as those who care about the next generation must shape the way we engage and disciple them. Dr. Sean McDowell is my
0: guest today here on The Bottom Line. He's the author of the brand new book called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice and Love amid the noise of today's world. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, you mentioned the uh, uh, the racial tensions, the, the the bullying, You know, kids who are more uh, apt to be thinking about suicide and sometimes even try to go through with it uh, than even in generations past. The key word there, I think, is relationships. And I got mm-hmm. a dose of this about 12 years ago. I was going through a divorce. Uh, my kids and I were getting ready to celebrate Christmas Day in this kind of new configuration. And I was delayed by about three hours by them because they wanted to make sure they hung out with their friends first on Christmas Day before their dad. And at first I was kind of like hurt and I went, wait a minute, their friends are still here. Their parents are divorcing, but their friends are Mm. still here. Help us understand why Generation Z places such a high value on friendships. Not that Generation X and baby boomers didn't, but it's a
1: different kind of high value, isn't it, John?" Yeah, that's a really interesting question because I don't know that I would say that Gen Z values relationships more. And I know that's not what you're implying, but I think mm. we are made in God's image. We always have and always will value relationships. But the way Gen Z relates has changed. Okay. Now, you just have a, it used to be you have a few close friends and maybe you could mail a letter to somebody, <laughs> but obviously now your friends, are they followers on Snapchat? Are they people you follow on TikTok? It's grown so much we consider friend. I met a fellow who was telling me about his best friend. I said, wait a minute, have you met your best friend? He goes, no, we just interact online. I thought not only friend, Hmm. but best friend in the eyes of somebody is someone you don't know bodily. Now, my only point is social media has changed everything. So we value relationships. This generation values relationships, but the way we communicate changes Radically. And I think for those of us who care about this generation, I use a lot of different social media platforms because I want to engage young people. But we also have to make sure we're present and we're in their lives because really what matters in many ways this generation is trust. They follow people that they trust and they'll listen to and buy products from them and follow their advice. Well, the question is do they trust us who are adults? And that's going to happen if we step into their lives we build relationships with them, they know that we care, then amidst all of the voices speaking into them, we have a chance to speak into them as well. And I'm chuckling, John McDowell, not because I disagree.
0: I agree wholeheartedly, and I appreciate your clarification on that distinction. I just... All of a sudden, all these song lyrics came into my mind from the 1960s when I'm thinking about, you know, the Who. Hope I die before I get old, and you know, the slogans. <laughs> Never trust anyone over 30. And now here's Baby Boom guy going, Wait, how do we relate to these people under 30? They're like, well, right, I don't know. Right. I don't trust you. And like, well, I wonder where they got that idea from. Dr. Sean McDowell is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called A Rebel's Manifesto Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Stephanie Cover of Cover Law has a reputation for excellence, not just among previous clients, but also among colleagues. I'm an attorney. I've had clients that have issues in the area that Stephanie works in, and she's my first referral source. First of all, the area that she works in is an area where it's not that easy to find attorneys that I feel comfortable with. I think she has a lot of empathy, which helps
2: because sometimes we attorneys don't have as much as we should have. She's extremely detail-oriented. She's very conscientious and just does a really kind of exceptional, almost overboard job in in preparing
0: cases. I've never had anybody come back with any negative comments. Everybody's been very happy with, you know, her professionalism and the way that she approaches cases. Choose the personal injury attorney with personal integrity. Stephanie Cover of Cover Law, 877-214-4935. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Dr. Sean McDowell is my guest today here on the program. and We're talking about his brand new book called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy today here on Everyone Wednesday. Uh, Todd is answering the phones today. Todd Stickler, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, and I bring up Todd because, I mean, we're friends have known each other for years and we've worked together uh, so much. But uh, what, Todd's answering the phone solo today because Teresa's off. Um, I think she's doing something station related. She may just be getting a mani-pedi, I'm not sure. Uh, Joel, it's Wednesday, he's playing golf. So it's Todd to kind of run the whole thing. And uh, I appreciate the fact that he does hold down the Forza very well. So when you call, uh, know that Todd's gonna answer the phone And we have one copy of A Rebel's Manifesto by Sean McDowell to give away. But if you do call, everybody who calls is going to win something. So uh, give Todd a call and let him know that I said hi. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number that gets you through to the bottom line. Um, You know, I think one of the best messages... um, that we can share with young people is the truth with regard to what the truth really is you know kind of telling the truth about the truth if you will i mentioned this verse earlier in philippians chapter 4 uh verses 8 and 9 uh where the apostle paul has just done the don't worry about anything pray about everything verse and the peace of god that passes all understanding you know that, that bit which is so just delightful will be with you. There's so much to unpack in there because he's about to go into verses 11, 12, and 13, where he talks about having been in plenty, having been in want, and he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. But deep down in our heart of hearts, what Paul's telling us is two things. First, he's telling us that these are the things that we should be pursuing. We should be drawn to them and we should dwell upon those thoughts of things that are lovely and pure and commendable and excellent and, and so often in the culture we'll look at what is awful and vile and terrible and we just can't stop looking at it or them but secondly then you have to ask the question okay if those are the things i'm supposed to look at them why are they honorable what makes them true how are they just and pure and lovely and therein lies the rub what's the standard The commonality that every human being who's ever walked the face of the earth has and shares with every other human being is that we're all created by God. And we are created in His image with His natural law written on our hearts. Sin entered the world and it comes through mankind, so each of us is born sinful and we can't free ourselves from that sin. But that sin corrupts our vision, so now we might look at something that is really disgusting and try to see the beauty in it. Well, how about, for example, pornography? The reason pornography, I think, is so appealing to a lot of people is it's depicting something that was meant to be beautiful, physical intimacy, attraction between the opposite sexes, and then has turned it on its ear. You can have sex whenever you want to with whoever you want to, and this person in this image is here to fulfill your fantasy. That The, the pornographic part is what's wrong. But the other part is beautiful. And so sometimes we have a hard time looking at that saying, well, what's supposed to be beautiful. I know that intimacy is beautiful, but you get the idea. It can be very challenging. And apart from Christ, it's impossible. But when Generation Z, 6% of them have a biblical worldview, you can understand why the world is kind of topsy-turvy right now. And that's why we need this dialogue. We need this book, A Rebel's Manifesto by Dr. Sean McDowell. We'll have more of this conversation on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Get your money out of a traditional 401k or IRA now, before the current administration
3: raises taxes even higher. Newsflash. The current administration wants to raise your taxes. That's all they've been talking about is tax increases this year, next year, and the year after. Why? Well, we have an enormous debt of $30 trillion. And so it has to be paid for somehow. And they've got to go after where they can get the money. And one of the ways they're going after it is IRAs and 401ks. And the IRS and the government are working on ways to make your 401ks and your IRAs more of a tax burden to you, which creates revenue for them. That's why we call your 401k and your IRA retirement plans ticking time bombs, because these things are going to go off.
0: Protect your nest egg from a huge tax bill. Ask Dennis Wilson and his team at Wilson Financial Services how you can diffuse your ticking tax time bomb, otherwise known as your 401k or IRA retirement plans. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970 for simply better alternatives. Dr. Sean McDowell, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Do you prefer Dr. Sean, Dr. McDowell, just Sean? I mean, it's a generational
1: thing, right? You maybe have having me by a year or two to be generous, so just call me Sean for now. I, I think that'll work. I will. Well, you have earned a PhD, so I think it's, it's
0: definitely worth respecting. Uh, Dr. McDowell is the author of a book called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amidst the Noise of Today's World. We've got a link for the book up at the bottom line, show.com. This appears to be a great resource for Generation Z, Sean, because I mean, that's who you're teaching, who you're instructing. But I like to kind of peek over the shoulder of my young adult children as well and do the same type of thing. And and I know that you wrote it for two different audiences, too. I mean, Talk about our generation, the Gen X, baby boom generation that sees millennials and Generation Z kind of going in a different direction, but we still need the same truth. We still need the same salvation. I mean, that th- those things haven't changed. Uh, how can we use a resource like this to help us have more meaningful and more impactful conversations with the young adults in our
1: world? I appreciate that practical question. One thing is I, I've had a number of adults read it and say it just gave them insight into the pressures and the questions and the mindset that their kids and grandkids are facing so just from that standpoint it's going to be kind of eye-opening to realize what this generation thinks about immigration what they think about gun control why the lgbtq conversation is such a big deal bullying suicide so that has huge value within itself but second i'll tell you a number of years ago i was going to work at a coffee shop before school i get up early in the morning and One time I sat, I looked down, I sat at the table next to me and there's a grandfather's grandson, maybe 15 or 16 years old. And the Bible was open in front of him. And they were talking about like investing in biblical view finances. Came back the next Wednesday, grandfather, grandson, and the Bible was open. And if I remember, they were talking about dating the biblical view of relationships. Week after week, this grandfather was taking his grandson and talking about the scriptures or some other issue, you know, spending I was about to say five bucks, but it was Starbucks. So eight bucks on (laughs) a coffee and like a muffin or donut and just relationally talking with his grandson, passing on his faith. And I got to tell you, I saw him get up one time at the end. I can't, it seems like it was May towards the end of the school year. And he says to his grandson, Hey, would you be up for picking this up next year? You want to try to do it in the summer? And he goes, Papa, I'd love to do this through the summer if you're open to it. And I was like, Mm so moved. And I just thought, what if every kid had a grandfather or a grandma or an aunt or an uncle praying for them, encouraging them, taking them out to coffee and just talking through, not lecturing the biggest issues of our day, that kid is forever different because of that investment. Right. That's why I wrote this book for parents, for grandparents who are saying, I don't know what to say to my kid about all these complex issues. But I'm willing to have a conversation. I'm willing to ask the right questions. I'm willing to pour my heart and life into this young person. Yeah. The letters I get from people who use it like that, I feel like I could just, you know, <laughs> that makes my life. That's what it's yeah. for. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's a great resource. The book by Sean McDowell, a Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World is up at thebottomlineshow.com. You know, as I was reading through this, Sean, and thinking about the way Gen Z approaches life, the way millennials, Gen X, baby boom, greatest generation, it occurred to me that we're really not that far off. And I think one of the, you talked about social media and the influence it has on people. As a matter of fact, I mean, now you can have a career as an influencer, which is kind of crazy. I mean, when you think about, you don't have to have any real marketable skills. You could just, (laughs) as long as you get a million followers on TikTok or whatever, then you put out a video saying I use this hair product and, and all of a sudden you're, you have value in the culture, which is just a, a whole mind bend for me. But at the same time though, I understand that when you talk about things like, you know, transgender ideology and things like that, we would be surprised to find out how many people in Generation Z would identify that way, not because they want to mutilate their body, but because they want to be there with their friends. You know, they, they, they want to be part of the conversation. Help us understand how a lot of the morals and values that we're teaching as concrete are really very fluid for Generation Z. And we have to kind of find out where the, the tangible foundational parts are in their thinking and help them develop them.
1: I've done a ton of research on Gen Z and came up with eight characteristics that the data sheet seems to show, define those say 10 to 25 years old. And one of the words was fluid or ambiguous Mm -hmm. or blurry. In other words, things that could be taken for granted in the past can no longer be taken for granted today. Things like that there's a difference between males and females that's objectively built into the world. Things like the structure of the family is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing, and you see this blurriness even with borders. You see this debate about borders. It, you know, Do we really need a barrier between us and somebody else? Like, it, There's just a sense where things are not black and white like they used to be. So when it comes to human identity, they're approaching it through this lens because the mindset is not so much discovered the objective fact in the world about your body and identity, but it's rather your feelings and your experience Mm -hmm. that seems to define reality. That's how many in this generation, not all, have just been shaped to see the world without even realizing it. So, Mm -hmm. If we don't approach them with an awareness of this mindset and are wise in the questions that we ask we engage them, it's like we'll be making a point and we'll just simply be talking past one another.
0: You know, as I think about where we are as a culture, where we are in the church, the low level of biblical worldview, at least according to George Varna, that people in Generation Z have, I don't doubt that there's a sincere desire. For them to have a relationship with the Lord. It's just they're doing it on their own terms and more on their own feelings than perhaps on biblical truth. Uh, we look at the educational system right now and, and see that it seems to be, I, I don't want to say in shambles completely, but it seems to be highly politicized as opposed to you know not. You've spent a lifetime in Christian academia. How are things in the Christian university, Christian private school world, Sean? I mean, you don't have to name any names and call out any you know, bad examples. But overall, what's your sense in terms of uh, Christian education as an option for a parent or grandparent? Because you know, a grandparent's listening might say, heck, I don't want my kids learning all that craziness in public school. I'll be happy to you know, make it possible for a Christian school. What, what, what's your take on the condition, the, the spiritual health of Christian schools right now?
1: Well, I think what's happened over the past couple of years with a range of issues, and some of these are issues tied to race. Some of these are issues tied to gender, is it's really forced Christian schools to clarify where they stand. Mm. It's hard to just be Christian in name only because you're going to have to take a position on critical race theory. And I'm not saying where you should land right now. That's a separate conversation. But you've got to take a position, You've got to take a position on same-sex marriage and transgender. There's some clarity that has been brought. So there's a lot of schools that were under the name Christian that now are allowing certain ideologies in that I'm like, okay, that tells me where they stand on these issues. Some have gone to the left. There's some that have gone to the far right, even more than I would like, wow, Mm -hmm. okay, they're planting their flag and letting us know where they stand. That's not where I would plant it. But I think in the past couple of years, there's been more clarity. So a place like Biola, our heart is be biblically faithful, be firm in the center, and soft on the edges. Mm -hmm. We don't want to compromise biblical truth, but we want to be gracious in our interaction. So my only encouragement for parents and grandparents is don't just assume sending your kid to a Christian school means they're a Christian school. I would find out what they're teaching, what their doctrinal statement is, who their faculty are, campus life do your extra homework. It's easier to find out now, I think, than maybe it was in the past.
0: So basically what you're saying is we have to do some work in this. We can't just trust, you know, oh, it's a so-and-so Christian university. So I'll send my kid there and they'll be quote unquote safe. from
1: Absolutely. 100%. And look, I'm a bio, I think it's solid. There's some other schools. I think CBU, Cal Mm -hmm. Baptist is solid. I'm happy to give them some some love. I love what they're doing. I won't mention anyone I think is going the other direction, (laughs) but just Find out because it can, you know, and I had a student of mine who went to Berkeley and uh, he goes, I asked, How's it to follow your faith? You're asking me, He goes, Oh, it's easy. I said, Why? He goes, Because nobody pretends to be a Christian here. I know exactly what it means and what it costs me. Mm-hmm. But you go to Christian school and they have certain teachings brought in, and your defenses are down, you assume they can, tr- you assume you can trust them. There can actually be more damage done in that kind of setting, from my perspective.
0: That's a healthy perspective to have Uh, Sean McDowell, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The new book is called A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice, and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Sean, there is a parent or grandparent listening to us right now who has a child or maybe a grandchild in their world, and they're just not connecting for whatever reason and chances are it's one of the reasons that we've been talking about during the past half hour or so can take the last 60 to 90 seconds of our time together, and give that parent that grandparent, some encouragement that that kid just isn't a lost cause and once they come to their senses, then we'll have a good relationship again. I say that in air quotes, of course,
1: sure. A a good friend of mine, uh, an apologist his daughter started being taken in by ideas on sexuality that he firmly stands against. And it was really hard for him. And it was rupturing their relationship. He told me, said, Sean, one of the big insights I had that my job is that my job was not to convince my daughter of an argument, but to convince her of my love. Hmm. I think that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Ideas matter. But sometimes if our kids are believing different things, we feel threatened uh, for a range of different reasons. Set that aside and ask yourself, how can I build a relationship and love this child or grandchild, no matter what they believe, period? Hmm. If you start there, over time, you might earn the right back to have the kind of conversations you want to. But I think kids want their parents and grandparents in their life. We've just got to reach out and show that just uncompromising love to them.
0: That's where it all starts, isn't it? And greater love hath no man. And we know it's Man. God's love for us that there's the reason why we even have a relationship with him and that we're even having this conversation in the first place. Uh, Dr. Sean McDowell has been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Choosing Truth, well, excuse me, A Rebel's Manifesto, Choosing Truth, Real Justice and Love Amid the Noise of Today's World. Five-star ratings up and down on Amazon and everywhere. I, I can't recommend this book enough. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. Sean, thanks for the work that you do and in, uh, stepping into the the, the deep weeds, if you will, you know, the, the, the high waters of the culture that uh, are often difficult to navigate, but you give us clarity and you give us hope that uh, we can communicate those truths with a generation that desperately needs to hear them. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank Thanks, you. Roger. Well, that concludes my conversation with Dr. Sean McDowell, a professor of theologi- theology and apologetics at uh, Fuller, or, excuse me, Talbot. Whoops, I said Fuller instead of Talbot. Talbot Theological Seminary and Biola University. Uh, his brand new book is called A Rebel's Manifesto, uh, choosing truth, real justice, and love amid a world of chaos and noise in today's world. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. No one speaks young adults better than Dr. Sean McDowell. And uh, we've got a copy of the book that we're giving away right now. Uh, Todd's on the phones today, uh, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, It's interesting when you think about the world that we're in right now and how many young people, as I mentioned earlier, have a hard time with whatever is pure and right and lovely and noble, oftentimes getting involved in the cause for you know, whatever it is that they're down for the cause for, because I think their motives are right in terms of the original intent. I, I, I would venture a guess, actually, when you listen to tomorrow's edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, uh, you're going to hear something you don't often hear on the podcast. We're, we're doing a two-part program. Uh, the first half hour, as you know, airs on all the terrestrial radio stations. The second half hour is podcast only with the exception of, I believe, KLC in Denver, carries that in the final hour of John Marshall's program on Thursdays. The first two segments, we do three segments each half hour. The first two segments, we talked about the student loan issue and whether or not the Biden administration is trying to buy off students uh, with student loan money. They are, but we, we unpack that a uh, little bit. Then the second part, we talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci and the COVID scandal. And, and now he's resigning, retiring, leaving, whatever you want to call it in December, in between the elections in November and the new Congress being seated in January. And uh, is he trying to sneak out of town before he can be uh, subjected to a congressional investigation? And we were going back and forth on the uh, the, the reasons why, you know, the, the is Fauci to blame exclusively, or is he kind of a puppet? And it was one of those situations where John and Bob were of the mind that this is all Fauci, and, you know, he's the mastermind behind all of it. And, and then, Neil Boron and I were of the mind that, hey, he's a puppet for these larger, you know, big pharma, global corporations, governments, things of that nature. And it's one of the few times you'll hear us go back and forth in that second half where it's not one of those, well, I see what you're saying. It was just, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) And it finally got to the point where Neil and I kind of stepped away and went, all right, you guys finish it up. uh you know, I mean, that's that's those are your opinions, and I think they're they're usually well researched and, and well vetted. So we'll just let we don't have enough time here to get into all this stuff, and we're obviously not going to change your mind. So um, it was it was very interesting. But I realized that the reason why the four of us have these conversations, we have similar values. Obviously, we're all Christians. Neil and I, are, are, are ordained pastors. Uh, Bob knows apologetics up one side, down the other. is a great debater and orator. And John has a very passion, uh, passionate uh, approach to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from a biblical worldview. So we, we all bring those strengths, I think, to the table. At the end of the day, though, we have standards that we are looking to to say this is the acceptable standard. And what a lot of young people today do not have is the acceptable standard. And one of the things that Sean McDowell writes about in his book, Rebel's Manifesto, is that very issue. You, you want to be a rebel? you want to stand up for real truth and real justice, then start looking at God's word first and foremost for the biblical standard, because whether you know it or not, that's where all of these standards that are in the world at least started. They've been corrupted and, you know, mishandled in many cases, but God's justice is true and right and pure, and the love of God is true and right and pure. Uh, We talk about on our flagship affiliate KBRT, the KBRT stands for biblical right and true not because we said so, but because God says so. And therein lies the rub. So I highly recommend Sean McDowell's book to you. The link is up at the thebottomlineshow.com. And since today is Everyone Wins Day, uh, everyone who calls 800-227-5278 is going to win a copy of, well, they're not going to, we've got one copy of Sean's book. I guess we could give out individual pages or chapters, but uh, every, whoever doesn't win the church, or the the book rather, is going to win something else. So, Call in and win today here on Everyone Wednesday on the bottom line. As we continue, a bit of good news for a uh, an organization that is taking up the cause for a pastor and former chaplain who says he was fired because he posted something on a social media blog regarding men competing in women's sports. And apparently that offended some people that he was working with. Who is this guy and why is it? that uh, he's having such a hard time in the state of Texas, of all places. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. My thanks again to Dr. Sean McDowell for joining me for the past half hour here on The Bottom Line Show. The book, of course, is called A Rebel's Manifesto. Choosing truth, real justice, and love amid the noise of today's world It's a great resource to have if you're a pastor, if you're a grandparent or someone who's got uh, Generation Z under your roof or in your house. Uh, Generation Z is uh, uh, the ages 10 to 25 or thereabouts, and uh, they're the ones who have a lot of education and a lot of knowledge, but not a lot of wisdom when it comes to biblical things. And so uh, Sean's book is a, a great resource for them. So if you want to learn how to speak millennial and then talk to your grandkids or your older kids, this is a good book to have. We're giving them away. We have one copy. It's Everyone Wednesday, 800-227-5278. Todd Stickler answering the phones for you today, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, Dr. Andrew Fox is making headlines in the great state of Texas, where I'm sure a lot of people are saying, wait, I thought Texas had religious liberty. I mean, isn't Texas the place, Roger? You're always talking about how wonderful it is to live in Texas and blah, blah, blah. First and foremost, just for point of clarification, I don't live in Texas. Um, but I now have three of our six adult children who live in Texas, one in San Antonio, one in the Houston area, and one outside of Dallas as of uh, next week. So, you know, when you got six kids and three of them live in Texas, then, well, I get to learn a lot more about what happens in the great state of Texas. And my observation of Texas, and if you, if you live there and are listening on the k app or the Bottom Line Show app or the My Hope Now app, um, please weigh in. We'd love to hear this from you about what you think is great about Texas life. The thing about Texas that is the overarching theme is people say, well, Texas is one of those red states, you know, and George W. Bush and all that stuff. Well, Texas has had its share of Democrats as well. John Connolly and Kay Bailey Hutchison and, you know, others. Um, And Ann Richards, was Ann Richards a Republican or Democrat? I thought she was a Democrat when she was governor. And of course, her daughter, Cecile Richards, is the one who made Planned Parenthood into a huge behemoth of a whatever. But Texas is oftentimes you'll say blue state if they're super progressive or a red state if they're rather conservative. Texas is more a little light purple. You know, there's equal smatterings of both. And having visited the kids over the course of the past year during the whole pandemic issue, you saw people wearing masks. Texas had one of the highest vaccination rates of any state in the union. And yet the difference, I mean, I've compared this here on The Bottom Line Show, The four most populous states in the union—California, Texas, New York, and Florida—two of them, California and New York, had very strict mask mandates, et cetera, et cetera. Two of them, Texas and Florida, had none. The infection rate reported out of all four states was almost identical. They they compared uh, infections per 100,000 residents. The hospitalization rate among all four states almost identical. Talking COVID now, the mortality rate almost identical all four states and the vaccination rate so you know <laughs> the only difference was that california new york shut everything down and cal and texas and florida did not it was on the uh, set of the chosen which is now shooting just outside of dallas last weekend it was back in midlothian texas for that and you'd see probably 20 percent of the people wearing masks there's no mandate they just wanted to wear masks as they felt safer Good for them. I don't know how many people are vaccinated. Nobody asked. I had to get COVID tested like 14 times while I was on the set because of safety protocols, but there's liberty. So you think of Texas as being kind of a liberty place, but there's certain pockets of the state of Texas that aren't terribly liberty loving, like Austin, Texas, the state capital, for example. Austin, Texas is pretty much full rainbow as liberal as you can get. They talk about being welcoming and inclusive, but what they really mean is they welcome and include people who think like them. But then when a Christian pastor shows up, eh, no one wants to hear that. Uh, Dr. Andrew Fox is a ordained minister with the Assemblies of God Church and used to work as a volunteer chaplain for the Austin Fire Department. Apparently, though, he's no longer a volunteer chaplain at the Austin Fire Department. He says he was fired because he objected to men competing in women's sports, wrote a post on his personal blog. Some of the members of the Austin Fire Department saw it. They were highly offended. And next thing you know, out. So how does the lead chaplain of the Austin Fire Department wind up getting bounced after eight years of service For one blog post, and is there any legal ramification for Dr. Fox? Well, yes, there is, and I'll tell you about it coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Taking a look at a uh, prayers needed situation, but someone who's definitely walking the talk, Dr. Andrew Fox, served for eight years as a volunteer lead chaplain of the Austin, Texas Fire Department. He has since filed suit against the organization. He claims that he was fired from his volunteer position. Uh, for posting on his social media post page that uh, he was objecting to men competing in women's sports. Apparently, there are some LGBT members of the department who said that they were offended. Basically, he said you know, this is his opinion. According to his complaint against the city, no one ever accused him of discriminating against anyone or treating anyone improperly. To the contrary, the city of Austin lauded Dr. Fox for years for his integrity and service. He consistently shared his religious and philosophical reflections online without any problem. And now all of a sudden, it's a problem. Uh, When it came to... (laughs) Why there was a lawsuit, the Christian Post reached out to the Austin Fire Department and said, hey, what's the deal? I mean, um, basically, we believe that what he said is within the uh, mainstream of political discourse. Many states are preventing biological males who identify as female from competing in women's and girls' sports. So what's the problem? According to the response From the request of the Christian Post, the City of Austin Fire Department wrote, the Austin Fire Department appreciates Dr. Fox's service as a volunteer chaplain. However, we do not expound on matters involving personnel and or those affiliated with our department in an official capacity. In other words, go pound sand. I believe that what Dr. Fox has done as chaplain has been a a tremendous service to the community anyone who volunteers their time. I know several folks who do this in the, uh, uh, police department world, the fire department. And the fact that this was not a new type of post for him, he was constantly engaging in political things and stuff like that, uh, doesn't seem to be problematic at all. But all of a sudden, when you stomp on the toes of the transgender movement, then you wind up getting run, run out of town probably by people who would never use your services anyway, which begs the question, what are your values? Kind of brings to a close the whole conversation we've been having this hour here on the Bottom Line Show. What are your values? What do you value and where do you get your values? For young people, they're getting them from the world. From the LGBT community, many people, not all, but many are getting them from this kind of rainbow coalition of leftism that says we are free to be whoever we want to be and anybody who disagrees with us is filled with hate and is phobic of our lifestyle. But may we as Christians take the example of Dr. Fox and be bold in our testimony yet kind and compassionate in the way it's articulated. In the same way God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to basically say look you're a sinner and you're condemned to hell without any remedy for your sin. But God loved you enough to send the remedy in the form of his son, Jesus Christ, and that remedy will be spilled out on the cross on Calvary and wash your sin white as snow. Do you believe that? That's the bottom line. Hey, for our KCBC audience, enjoy Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, a monthly update with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. From the studios of KBRT in Los Angeles, the flagship affiliate of The Bottom Line Show, I'm Roger Marsh, joined for our monthly visit with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, the outstanding radio and television and podcast and internet and all sorts of ministries, uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. We've got Greg Harris. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show.
2: Always, always great to be together with you, Roger. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And one of these days, we're gonna. This is a little known fact that we just discovered before we came on the air here. I didn't know that Greg Harris is a drummer, and he didn't know that I'm a bassist. So yeah. one of these days, we're gonna have to bring in a guitar player, and uh, and we'll jam. And um, I think it'll it'll be and, great, Greg. And, and we'll just we'll bring the drums way up. We'll keep the bass way down. You no, know, you will lose
2: it, your you will lose your entire <laughs> audience. Uh, anybody that had any shred of respect for either of us. Well, I don't know about you. I'm just uh, you know, but okay. Uh, Yeah, I try not. I told you I have an electronic kit, so I don't inflict it on anybody. It's just me and my earphones. So,
0: (laughs) well, that is good to know. But actually, it does kind of set the table for our conversation here today, because we always talk about international ministry and the fantastic work that uh, Through the Bible has. Uh, Lest we forget that Through the Bible began as a radio ministry here in the United States of America. And the fact that it still continues to thrive. How many hundreds, how many thousands of outlets, how many releases does Through the Bible have each day on what we would call terrestrial radio here in the States. Yeah, it's
2: uh, well, if you throw in uh, Canada, we have about 30 stations in Canada. We Mm -hmm. we have we're on over fourteen hundred outlets in North Mm -hmm. America. And, you you know, me, Roger, I do enjoy numbers and spreadsheets and things like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. I uh, calculated one time. The, that we basically release more than 400,000 terrestrial broadcasts every year in North wow. America, uh-huh. and then another 600,000 or 700,000 plus around the world. Mm-hmm. And the net effect of that, that's such a huge number. It, it actually adds up. My, my numbers aren't even adding up, but it adds up to close to 1.3 million. I'm just talking terrestrial broadcasts uh, you know, mm-hmm. around the world. And if you break it down, it basically is two every minute. So about every 30 seconds, somewhere in the world, and very probably somewhere in North America, at least every minute or two, a new Through the Bible broadcast is going out on the air, which is pretty staggering when you think about
0: it. It's a really staggering statistic, and yet the reason I bring it up, again— uh, to quote the noted theologian, Will Chamberlain, I don't bring this up to be braggadocious about <laughs> the about the, the impact of the Through the Bible ministry, but rather to address a need that's a very pressing one that our, our colleague George Barna has brought to the attention of many here in North America, and especially here in the United States, with regard to why a ministry like Through the Bible is so important, especially today. Uh, Greg, talk about the, the the book that you've been reading and, of course, the conversation that we've had here on The Bottom Line for uh, the past couple of years about the American worldview inventory and what we're finding out about pastors here in churches in North America in general, in the United States in particular, regarding who actually teaches the Bible with a biblical worldview as opposed to who is kind of playing to the populist church that's going to keep people coming and coming yeah. back.
2: It's, uh, and I'm glad we're talking about this because yes, we do tend to focus on the global impact of through the Bible, uh, in, in far flung and exotic locales around the world, which of course is a huge, huge part of our mission. We're the whole word to the whole world. But, you know, to your point, it started 55 years ago in 1967, uh, with just J. Vernon McGee, uh, Deciding to teach the Bible systematically on the radio, uh, and it just grew very quickly uh, to the size it is today that we just talked about. But, yeah, when I first brought this up with you, I figured you know everybody. So I thought, well, <laughs> he's probably talked to George Barn. I've just read the book. I haven't talked to the author. But but there are some very uh, concerning things coming out of George's work uh, that I think are pertinent to the ministry through the Bible. And and the first one is you mentioned pastors. He released a study that said only 37% of pastors in the United States hold a biblical worldview. Hmm. Um, and th- I guess there's a little encouragement that the senior and lead pastors, the number's slightly higher, 41% possess a biblical worldview. But that's still a little troubling that four, only 4 out of 10 Pastors in a pulpit on a Sunday have a biblical worldview.
0: Hmm. That's incredible to think about that uh, when you are talking about the you know, how many churches were shut down in various states of yep. uh, you know disarray during the the pandemic, and our need was you know more than just the Hebrews ten twenty five was let's not get a meeting together, right. but people wanting to hear the Word of God preached and taught and exposed, and you know everything that goes along with that, and the fact that uh, the assumption is always. You know, people will say, well, I love my pastor, you know, really does a great job of teaching biblically and that type of stuff. But understanding that that number of maybe one out of every three pastors that you're hearing on a Sunday morning at any given time is preaching from a biblical worldview. And the rest are preaching from Lord only knows where, you know, which yeah. is which makes us appreciate Dr. McGee's teaching all the more.
2: Well, exactly, and and that's the the reason that I believe that God has sustained and actually prospered the ministry through the Bible. Uh, when when humanly speaking, He shouldn't have. We, we we love you and I love to talk about this. We are, as I say, we're the bumblebee of the ministry world. You know, from a from a strategic <laughs> structural engineering standpoint, we do everything wrong. We should not exist. We have right. uh, a dead speaker with. Uh, forty year old messages we we teach the entire Bible, cover to cover, including the the boring parts and the and the the controversial parts. You know, you've got uh, f- the first nine chapters of First Chronicles is the lo- longest genealogy in the Bible. We actually teach that. Um, mm. uh, we teach about Lot and his daughters. I mean, when's the last time you heard a sermon on that very, very strange and disturbing story? you know there's a there's a lot in Scripture. That uh, if you're not going through it systematically, you get to kind of, you know, hopscotch over it and ignore it. And the unfortunate outcome is that if we're not engaging with the whole of the Bible, we're likely to have an imbalance in our worldview, in our Mm -hmm. biblical. We won't have a biblical worldview. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I'm talking with Greg Harris today here on the bottom line from the uh, flagship affiliate of TBL which is KBRT here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, Greg is the president and CEO Through the Bible, ttb.org. And we have these monthly conversations just to find out what's happening in the ministry. And, and I, I'm always impressed, Greg, with the number, with the reach that Dr. McGee has in terms of, you know, his ministry still going strong, how many years after he went to be with the Lord, and the different languages, the different translations. But something tells me that one of the most important ones is the original text, because Dr. McGee, recorded from 1975 to 1980, is still translating into the lives of America's, uh, the Americas, North America, here in 2022. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, it's it's extraordinary. And I still meet people who who either haven't found out that Dr. McGee is with the Lord or who, who tell me about when they found out (laughs) Mm. and and how disappointing it was and how much they wanted to, you know, meet him or hear, go hear him speak in person. And I'd say, well, you probably can go. You just got to, you know, get yourself to heaven. And then, you know, he's probably teaching the Bible up there. I don't know what he's doing. I know Mm. he's praising the Lord, but, uh, but yeah, it is extraordinary, Roger. And it it speaks to the ongoing relevance of the entire word of God, uh, particularly uh, as the cultural issues are shifting at a, you know, an absolutely dizzying pace. You, you, I, you know, that you you talk about mm-hmm. it, you deal with it, you, you wrestle with those issues. And, uh, the reality is we need that grounding in the ancient, but ever relevant word of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, as we think about the ministry of through the Bible and the impact that it's having here in the United States, Greg, I know that the past couple of years, uh, you're hearing from more and more people, uh, who are saying that the ministry is touching them and responding to Dr. McGee. What kind of, we hear letters, you know, from all yeah. over the world. Yeah. What kinds of letters are you getting from the American listeners? I mean, in terms of are they asking, are they asking Bible questions for follow up or just making comments? I mean, are, is there a searching that you're saying? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, what, like uh, many of the, of the biblically oriented ministries, and I know you've, you're in touch with many others, uh, you know, we're not, we never like to present through the Bible as sort of the only thing that God's got going. We praise right. God, that, uh, and we have great relationships with other great teaching ministries, and we encourage them, and they encourage us. Um, but w- we definitely have seen an uptick in engagement with, uh, with COVID. Uh, I think it's, it's very strange that, uh, that George Barna brought out this study uh, in uh, just, this, just the middle of COVID, basically, right? Also, uh, the American Bible Society does an annual, they call it a state of the Bible report. And there was actually something very troubling, which was a 26 million person drop off in uh, regular Bible engagement in 2022 mm-hmm. this is very recent this information okay so you know it's like i i know i have worked with people in china for decades and there's an old saying about china everything you've heard about china is true because it's mm-hmm. so huge you can you can say well it's really bad persecution here you can say there's a lot of freedom over here i think you could say something similar the united states it's a it's a mixed picture While you have a great drop-off in biblical engagement, we have seen more people responding. So, Mm -hmm. I I, and honestly, Roger, that's above my pay grade. I'm not saying I'm an expert here. Uh, What I am saying is we know what the solution is. The solution is to offer people the the systematic, balanced teaching, Old Testament, New Testament, back and forth in five years of through the Bible. And, yes, we're hearing people say – I, you know, I struggled during COVID. We've heard lots of heart-wrenching COVID stories. We've also heard some kind of uh, fun ones. I I remember one guy early in COVID said, uh, I used to listen to Dr. McGee on my commute. And uh, now that I'm working at home, I'm not doing that. So he literally uh, would get in his car and drive from corona down to i think he worked in irvine or anaheim or something like that and those of you that aren't in southern california it's about a 40 minute drive in mm-hmm. the morning 45 minutes and he literally would make his commute and listen to through the bible on the radio uh it probably was listening on kbrt you know <laughs> yeah, i don't know that for it. sure but we'll give mm-hmm. we'll give we'll give the credit there. Thank and you. And he said that he'd listen to praise music on his car on the way back. So and he said, that's how I'm staying in touch with, you know, mm. my 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 uh, habit of listening to the word of God. Yeah. And that
0: habit is so very, very important. We are grateful for the ministry through the Bible. Uh, easily one of the uh, the most predominant ministries, a signature flagship ministry for Crawford Broadcasting, especially here in Southern California. So we really treasure these times with the president and CEO of Through the Bible, Greg Harris. More of this conversation in just a moment as the special edition of The Bottom Line continues. By investing in the Wilson Financial Services 4D or four-dimensional account, your investment is guaranteed against loss. It provides long-term care benefits,
3: permanent income benefits, and inflation benefits all at the same time. You know, I had a client come in this morning, and the first thing he asked me was, tell me about 4D money. And I said, well, 4D money is a fun thing. It's exactly the opposite of what you have now with your one-dimensional account with Ameritrade. You've been watching that thing drop like a rock since the first of the year. You're probably fed up with it. I said, this account, number one, the money never goes down. Number two, it has inflation benefits. Number three, it has long-term care benefits. Number four, it has permanent income benefits. And so when you put all these things on the same page and show it to a client, it sounds too good to be true. And that was his comment to me. I said, well, you know me a long time. You know it's true. I don't make stuff up. So he met with Tess, and we moved his Ameritrade account in a matter of 30 minutes. Ask Dennis Wilson and his team at Wilson Financial
0: Services to explain the four dimensions of their 4D account. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970 for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this special edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marshall, along with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, and we are turning the spotlight of international ministry of Through the Bible right here at home. Here in the United States, we've been talking about the work of George Farna and the American Worldview Inventory, and the rather eye-opening, if not startling, statistic about the number of American pastors who do not hold a biblical worldview but are occupying the pulpit every week and ministering to people. And and you know, you, you have to wonder, okay, well, they're doing ministry based on you know whatever they are hearing uh, told to being told to do, and yet we see a ministry like Through the Bible. You guys have had a couple of pretty record-setting years in terms of response over the past couple of years, if you're not, Greg Harris.
2: Yeah, we've seen a definite uh, uptick in response and even in uh, financial support. And you know, we don't do any kind of fundraising. We don't, I know. Uh, you know. <laughs> I love don't... that
0: about your ministry.
2: Yeah, I do too. Believe me, because most ministry leaders have to dedicate a, a disproportionately uh, high percentage of their time to paying attention to you know, communicating the needs and raising the funds and meeting with donors. And we we just give out the word of God. We let people know that, of course, we we have no other source of support other than our listeners. And boy, do they, they step up. But, uh, yeah, I think it's really great that we're spending time today talking about uh, – the, the impact of through the Bible in the United States, especially in light of some of these concerning uh, statistics. Um, mm-hmm. And so here's one. Uh, and I love this one because uh, it's from a, a woman whose husband is a pastor. And the encouraging thing is we so often hear uh, from pastors about how much Dr. McGee has influenced them. So even though we were saying, wow, only 41% of pastors have a biblical worldview, the good news is that many that do, uh, they love to tell me, I meet pastors and they'll say, oh, I have Dr. McGee's five-volume commentary set on my bookshelf and I regularly, you know, it's dog-eared and I go to it all the time. I love it. But but here's, uh, this one came from Arizona um, and, and it starts this way. Good friends and God's word. What more does a girl need? Well, mm. that's a good start to, uh, <laughs> yeah. from Laura in Arizona. She, she continues. She said, I want to thank you for your programs. My husband is a pastor, and we faithfully served in Christian ministry until God made it clear it was time to move on. It was painful, but we clung to family and trusted the Lord. A few months later, our college-age daughter left us to live in relationship with another woman. It was then that I felt that the ground under my feet was slipping. Some days when I didn't feel like getting out of bed, my close girlfriends came over. We prayed together and read scripture. We laughed and we cried. Then one suggested that we listen to Dr. McGee. Several years later, we are still meeting, encouraging one another to press on no matter what comes our way. Before all this, I knew God's word back and forth, but spending time with these ladies and Dr. McGee and God's word was a perfect recipe for comfort and healing.
0: Mm. Wow. Wow. And what, what a, a perfect illustration, Greg Harris, of, of how someone whose family has been impacted by these cultural decisions and somebody who yeah. would definitely think, uh, you know, in terms of, well, pastor. We're we're that church family, and our kids are hearing the word of God, and they're growing up in the church and this, that, and the other thing, to see that young person be influenced so much by the culture that they would, and and we're seeing this more and more. I mean, the statistical studies indicate that so many people in what they would call Generation Z, where this young lady is right now, are identifying with the LGBTQ community, uh, not even so much because they have feelings for that, that way, but rather to just say, I identify with it so much. I want to stand in support with other people. That's something that's a real, it's mind boggling to us, but it's a huge reality. And I'm so glad to hear this woman's testimony of saying God is sustaining us with good godly biblical teaching through this.
2: Yeah, Roger. And you know, from that George Barnas study that we referenced earlier in our conversation today, 88% of Americans hold a worldview of syncretism Which Mm -hmm, that's a that's a five dollar word, but uh, it basically means that you sort of go to the spiritual buffet and and mix and match all the all the things that you like and say, that's that's my belief system. Right. And and it is influencing younger people a great deal. They are literally. uh, I believe they're being brainwashed, and uh, or brain dirtied is maybe a better a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And the word of God is the brainwashing, the cleansing of our hearts and our minds, and the renewal of our mind that we need.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's great to hear that renewal process is still available, and that the ministry through the Bible is helping people right here at home in the United States of America, where the Bible teaching in a lot of churches. Isn't always up to snuff. Do you have any other letters to share with us today, Greg?
2: Oh uh, no, I'm all out. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> and, you, right. and
0: for those listening, yeah. you have no. You should see the stacks. I mean, literally, forests weep when Greg Harris walks into our studio because of the number of letters that exactly. Greg has printed out. But I love the fact that come on, it's it's through the Bible and Doctor McGee's ministry is still encouraging people not only in their walk of faith but also to share and to write these letters. So yeah, please, absolutely.
2: Please continue. Um, okay. So uh I don't know how much time we have. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give a short one and maybe we've got some longer ones that we can get to uh, yeah. after the break. But I love it when we hear from young people, okay? This is from a, a young person named Kennedy. I don't know. I think whether that's a boy or a girl, 12 years old, hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I got into some trouble. Well, that, that that would explain a lot of 12-year-olds lives, right? Okay. He, Kennedy says, I got into some trouble, and because I am not allowed to go out much, I started listening to your app, the Through the Bible app. Okay, Kennedy goes on, your explanations about Jesus and God have changed my thinking. I now try to be respectful of my parents and to avoid fights with my sisters. It is hard to do, so please pray that the Holy Spirit helps me.
0: <laughs> wow. I, I love that, Greg Harris, because I know enough about your story, and you, you know enough about mine to know yeah. that 11, 12 years of age, yep. that's a pivotal time in the it lives is. of kids for hearing the true gospel. And oftentimes we'll kind of water it down in the American church and say, well, you know that, that we, we kind of wallpaper over this, and we just hope they got it. But this is when a child is very capable of making a profession of faith and growing in that faith.
2: Well, and, and isn't it powerful that, uh, that he found our app? And, uh, you know, I was researching the other day, Roger, there are almost 2 million apps in the, in the Apple iPhone store, you know, the mm. app store, and mm-hmm. a, a couple hundred thousand in the Google Play store. And so, you know, for, for God to lead a 12-year-old boy who got into some trouble and wasn't allowed to go out to, to, mm-hmm. to find, you know, imagine what he could find on his phone behind yeah. the closed door of his room. And what he mm-hmm. found was the app. And that, that really speaks to a huge uh, philosophical foundation about through the Bible. Dr. McGee, it's a very freeing uh, concept of ministry or philosophy of ministry. He says repeatedly, our job is to fling the seed that is the word of God out there to anybody on earth who wants it and to do it in as many ways as we can. And that's why, yes, we started on radio, but now we're in all kinds of digital, uh, digital media and all, and in our partnerships, like, uh, with my hope now with the Crawford broadcasting right. network, we are on that. We're on so many, we get millions and millions of digital engagements, but when, you know, that's impressive, you know, wow, millions. But when you hear about a 12-year-old boy, you know, locked in his room because he, he misbehaved and, <laughs> and he finds the Lord through the, through the Bible app, that's what, man. that's what I live for, Roger. Uh, that's what gets me up in the morning.
0: I love it. I love it. Greg Harris is with us today here on The Bottom Line Show, president and CEO through the Bible, ttb.org. And as Greg mentioned, of course, one of the many programs that is featured at myhopenow.com and on the My Hope Now app. More of our conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Greg Harris is my guest today here on The Bottom Line from Through the Bible, the president and CEO of said ministry. I'm Roger Marsh. It's always great to have our monthly visit with Greg, and, and he brings in all sorts of letters. I mean, papers. He brings in his iPad. He brings in his computer. He's got them on his phone. He's got them everywhere. They're probably floating around in your car, too, are they not, Greg? All the letters. Uh-
2: not so much in my car, but, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. We, you know, we are – if you could see me right now, I'm, uh, I have four screens in front of me. Uh, I've got my phone, my iPad, my Mac, and an external screen, and I've got papers <laughs> all over my desk, and I've got a book, George Barnes book. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's just like a regular meeting that you and I have in the studio. So <laughs> Very it's-
0: true. Well, we do have time for one final yeah. letter before we wrap up for today.
2: Good, and uh, if you're just joining us, you missed an amazing letter, so make sure you listen to the podcast, go back, and we we heard from a 12-year-old boy, we're talking about our ministry here in North America, and and let's bookend that, and we have one from Pauline who was 92 when she Mm. wrote to us, and she said, I started listening to you 20 years ago, and two days later, I was saved. Wow. Your programs about Jesus were what I was looking for, and there was no time to waste. I still learn something every day on the Bible bus and read the Bible as I listen.
0: Did you catch the chronology there for those not yeah. listening to this conversation yeah. here? Here's a ninety two year old woman who said yep. I listened to through the Bible for the first time twenty years ago at age seventy two yep.
2: and was saved two days later. I mean. Yep. Hello <laughs> hello yeah and you yeah. know people I'm always getting this question what's the secret of through the Bible? Why does God seem to bless it so uniquely And I say, well I, I don't know I mean I'm not I, I don't know the mind of God that well but I have some pretty good guesses and my first one is well He gave us His word. it's the whole word and what is the Word of God about? It's about Jesus Christ that the whole Bible, is pointing to Jesus Christ. And Dr. McGee, that's how she could get saved two days later. We might have been in Leviticus. Yep. We might have been in Zechariah. <laughs> you know, but he is always talking about Jesus Christ and the Amen. need to believe in him. But it is, and it's amazing chronology. So in our last segment we had a twelve year old. Then we go mm-hmm. eighty years forward to a ninety two year old who love started it. listening when she was seventy two. <laughs> yeah. I that's it's beautiful. And and yes,
0: I do personally love it. When Doctor McGee is teaching on what uh, Stuart Briscoe used to call the cleaner pages of the Old Testament, because (laughs) no no one's opening those things up, and if there is any kind of writing on it, it's because you it bled through. You know the pages aren't straight. But the fact that you can see Jesus in every page of the Scripture, in every book of the Bible, and. Dr. McGee is constantly preaching the gospel and the good news. Uh, We are so blessed. Greg Harris, the time always goes by much too quickly, president and CEO of Through the Bible, the outstanding ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee, and heard on every Bottom Line show affiliate all across the country. TTB.org is where you find them online. Download the Through the Bible app, hear them on the My Hope Now app. There's so many different ways to consume the media, as they say, but we're grateful for the partnership that we continue to share with Through the Bible. Greg Harris, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line.
2: You're most welcome,
0: Roger. Thanks for having me. My thanks again to Greg Harris of Through the Bible for sharing the updates that he does, and of course this month's with no exception, um, always so encouraging. You, you, you might be surprised to learn this, but I think it's it's just it, it, it's rather sweet and enduring. Because whenever I think of Through the Bible, I think of Dr. J Vernon McGee, and thus saith the Lord, and you know whatever, and this kind of old-time Bible preacher on AM radio, and yet. I know more ministries that have jumped forward into social media, web-based delivery of digital content, whatever, because through the Bible is way ahead of them on that. <laughs> and that's and Greg is very humble about that, Greg Harris says, but the reason I know we have benefited from their expertise and understanding, as he mentioned in our conversations and has many times, 83% of the world's population owns a mobile device that can do some kind of computing, whether it's a smartphone or a tablet or something like that. We are preaching the whole word to the whole world through a variety of different means. And yet, as advanced as we've gotten with those social media and uh, handheld and you know, smartphone devices, wouldn't you know it, still one of the most cost-effective and practical ways To spread the good news of the gospel is for what you are listening to right now, especially if you're listening on terrestrial radio. You tune into Kbright AM 740 or KLDC AM 1220 or KLTT AM 670 or KCBC AM 770, Kbright 1240 AM in San Diego. We proclaim the good news until the whole world has heard the whole word. And that's the bottom line.